Are you able to give maximum energy to your side hustle? Well, Joy Burst Energy Drink can help. Most energy drinks give you that dreaded crash after a few hours, but Joy Burst is different as it's made with natural caffeine to keep you energized throughout the day. With 200 milligrams of natural caffeine and zero grams of sugar, you can be confident that what you're drinking will give you the long-lasting energy you need. Use code SIDEHUSTLE to get 10% off your next Joy Burst Energy Drink order on Amazon. That's SIDEHUSTLE to get 10% off your next Joy Burst Energy Drink order from Amazon. Let's welcome our our guest, Brad, uh, to this conversation. I Of all the interviews I've done, I've never, I don't know if I've done one about sort of hygiene, men's hygiene, uh, and, and, and dude wipes. And a lot of people will recognize that. And we'll talk about even just during the world series and the sign that you guys had. Um, but we're meeting with Ryan Megan. He's, uh, one of the founders of dude wipes, uh, the four guys that founded dude wipes, um, Ryan, so great to have you on. Um, let's, let's start with this, you know, Brad, I think you guys have a lot in common, uh, some of the places that have actually, you know, where you can find uh, your products and also dude wipes. So I, I'm really interested in the synergy here and sort of the parallel stories and experiences. But Ryan, we were talking off air. I'd love to start with this. Take us inside the the conversation in Wrig- Wrigleyville, which alone, when you say Wrigleyville, I just think people kind of have an image um, of guys talking about, of all things, um, Going to the bathroom and starting a business. I don't know any other, Brett, is there another way to put that? <laughs> I, I can't wait to dive into this because I've never seen something so phenomenal on such a topic that I just never talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but now you will. <laughs> now I will. It's a hundred million. It's a hundred million reason why, reasons why I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we, uh, yeah, we're lifelong friends. We're living together in an apartment in Chicago. All kind of had entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so we like to joke over, you know, many Miller lights and burritos. Um, you know, we talk about different ideas and and what we wanted to do. And this was in like our early to mid twenties, you know, just after college. And what happened was, is we were at the same time sawing through bulk packs of baby wipes from Sam's club in our bathroom at the, uh, at the apartment. So, we just had an aha moment that, you know, this was just a better routine. It was a cleaner routine. We felt better than using just toilet paper alone. And, you know, that was like, maybe, maybe this is it, you know, maybe it's, All right, maybe but it's tell us the truth, Ryan. So was this one of you that was having this experience? Cause I don't know if I ever heard like a group of guys going, Hey, like we're going to start going <laughs> and, and going to be <laughs> like, that's the part I don't want to take for me. Cause maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I. So, so Sean brought him into the apartment cause he started, uh, doing the flushable wipe routine in college and he's like you got to try this it's it's so much better <laughs> so once we tried it we were we were all addicted and then you know you get out to a bar you get out to a ball game you go to work and it's like oh i don't you know got to go back to brutal one ply toilet paper in this terrible situation and we felt like there had to be a better way and we felt like we wanted to get the masses you know, onto this opportunity here for a cleaner bathroom routine, a better bathroom routine. So we uh, we did some research on the market, saw there was only stuff for women and babies. So we saw a huge white space. So we thought if we could come up with a, you know, a catchy, funny, humorous, um, you know, masculine brand for guys, uh, we called ourselves and we, we figured there were other guys out there like this closet wipers out there with using wipes. Um, if we could bring it to the forefront in a funny, humorous way to remove the taboo-ness from it, we thought there was a huge opportunity to 
get a ton more guys on board, women on board, you know, the, the whole nine yards. So that's kind of the genesis of it. And, you know, we ended up, you know, settling on the, on the name, not settling, but, you know, really excited about the name dude wipes um, as the word dude is so contagious in, you know, society, you know, it can be used in vernacular in many different ways and it's, it's catchy and, and fun. And, you know, women use the word, uh, you know, guys use the word. So, uh, and better yet, it encompasses uh, dudes of all walks of life. So um, we thought that was just like the perfect name for it. Um, it always catches people's attention and and their curiosities. So, you know, that's what we settled on and uh, found a manufacturer that believed in the story and put some money together, put 30K together of our own money, uh, ordered a minimum order, um, got the, got two to three pallets, which we unloaded ourselves. There's a, there's a, a, a truck pulling up in front of our apartment in Wrigleyville and we, you know, unloaded ourselves and walking box by box up to the spare bedroom and started slaying it out of there. So I know, obviously, you know, outside of the four of you guys and your guys geniuses for bringing this product to the market. I know, obviously, you had you had exposure on Shark Tank. And the other thing that I take into a high consideration is like you guys absolutely own the brand you own the positioning you're out there you're not shying away from you know the topic and you're very very vocal but so out of outside of the geniusness of your guys business acumen when you talk about the shark tank or you talk about you guys just being so zigging where everybody's zagging with the positioning what do you think of the two as your greatest kind of attribute to your unbelievable success i i think the the biggest uh, brand pillar for us is authenticity. You know, people appreciate and we don't shy away from, and it's literally on every one of our packages is a little brand story that we're just, you know, four regular guys that started this out of, a, out of an apartment. This wasn't born in a, a corporate setting. And, you know, I think the brashness of our marketing and how blunt we are with it, people really appreciate. And, you know, everyone that we've seen, you know, over the years that works time and time again, tried and true. If you look at all of our social media everyone kind of gravitates towards bathroom humor, potty humor. And, and that's the way we, from day one knew that that was the angle that we needed to take for people to take it, have fun, but take it seriously that, you know, we're trying to provide you with a better experience here, but also we're having a ton of fun with it. And that's what people gravitate towards. And and that's, I, I think that authenticity shines through and, and that's why people have, have really taken onto the brand so well. Ryan, so talk. it wasn't, sorry. So it yeah. wasn't, so like for me, I had an aha moment when I got, you know, when I launched my companies in GNC, we were able to convince the staff to be on a commission structure that really had them push our products because we had no money, we had no marketing dollars, and we were able to take on national brands as that was our spark. Obviously from then we've done many different things for, for our global reach, but for you specifically, the Shark Tank wasn't the the spark that gave you guys or something you're feeling just the authenticity at the beginning just kind of paved its way for more and more people to see your brand. Yeah. Uh, Shark Tank has been, you know, priceless for us for sure. And I, I think especially at the time we were on, th there was no greater kind of uh, credibility for startups and entrepreneurs than getting on Shark Tank, getting a deal on Shark Tank, especially with Mark. So, you know, the, the public, you know, gravitated towards watching that as, as such a fun show to watch, you know, you know, households would gather around and watch it every, you know, Friday night, whatever night it was on, it's, it's changed a few times, but it was really the, the ultimate credibility factor. So what really helped us was walking into rooms with buyers at, 
um, you know, the Walmarts of the world, Kroger's, Targets that, you know, we, we could say that we were on, on Shark Tank, got to deal with, with Mark Cuban. That helps immensely, you know, to um, them taking us seriously and as, uh, you know, potential powerhouse brand. Uh, so um, the recognition that it's given us and and still, you know, the reruns that run on, you know, syndication on CNBC, you know, are are huge and, and priceless. So definitely, uh, definitely Shark Tank helped, helped immensely, but um, also, you know, our ability to what we call newsjack um, and take stories that come up, um, you know, whether it's like Archie Bradley, the the former closer for the Arizona Cardinals, or excuse me, Arizona Diamondbacks, um, saying that, you know, he he uh, sharded before he went out and, and closed the game, you know, one day, like we're we're on it and we're sending him product and then he's posting and then like, Yahoo Sports is picking that up and all these people are picking that up or Isaiah Crowell, you know, wiped his butt with uh with a football um for his on touchdown. The field, yeah. On the yeah, field, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got we got the him within, you know, 24 hours, got him product, and that went absolutely viral. So uh and that those were all super, super low cost. So continuing to do that um time and time again. Um, and sometimes there's singles and doubles, but then like those particular instances are are grand slams. Um, and, and that's what we've always stayed true to is, um, you know, we, we may have had a shoestring budget for a while, but those are the types of things that we kept, you know, getting in front of people, getting the brand out there, making people laugh, making people think, Oh, who are these guys? What is this? You know, I, I need to try these dude wipes. Um, and, and, uh, another great example of that is this weekend where, uh, we, we put it, put a deal together within 48 hours, Sunday night. Um, we reached out to Lucas Glover people. Lucas had uh, won uh, last week's PGA tournament in the playoffs. I don't know if you guys saw that. He was wearing khaki colored pants in Memphis, and it was like 100 degrees and humidity off the charts. He sweat through everything. So everyone's tagging us. This guy needs dude wipes. This guy needs dude wipes. He's got pump ass everywhere, you know, like this guy needs help. So reached out to his people. They were gracious enough to want to have some fun. So his caddy's wearing a dude wipes hat this weekend and um, his golf towel is, is branded in dude wipes. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That, um, you know, I, I like to say the internet gods, you know, are always watching out for us and always producing things that just fall in our lap. And we're there and opportunistic to, you know, continuing to, to be who we are having fun and people recognize that. And, um, you know, time and time again, uh, it, it holds true for us. Now, Ryan, in the beginning, when you guys came up with this idea, you all had work. You were working. You guys had jobs. Yep. And I'll speak for myself, but I don't think I'm alone in this at all. And Brad, I'm sure you'll you'll back me up on this. That I mean, how many times have you had friends right come up and go, I got an idea. Maybe we should do something. And 99.9% .9 of these things never go anywhere because someone has to be the first to kind of sort of jump off the cliff, right? And say, all right, I'm going all in on this. Um, because at that point it was a side hustle for you guys. You could have just stayed where you were. Was there one member of the foursome that said, I'm going all in and because they did, it gave everybody else confidence. There's a lot of trust going on. If you guys are investing 30 grand, you're in your apartment. And I mean, if it didn't work, you guys, you know, the, the, the alternative is, man, we fell flat on our face. Yeah, for sure. So we, uh, we got invited to an incubator, uh, um, down in Austin, Texas, down in 2013. Um, Sean was the first to jump. He, he, he quit his job before going to the incubator. Um, it, it, another lucky break for us is I was working for my dad's business at the time. 
And my dad was super supportive and um, super flexible with my schedule. So he allowed me to go down there. Sean and I lived down there for three and a half months, did the incubator thing. It was it was kind of like a, it was almost like a, a retail, getting a retail MBA in like 12 weeks. So there were mentors in the program that had been there, done that, you know, with, uh, you know, had different experiences with CPG companies, so on and so forth. So that was kind of the start. And Sean never went back to his job after that. So he um, he started working full time on that, you know, basically when when we, we were in Austin and then when we came back to Chicago, he just continued working all uh, full time and, and never went back. And again, I was uh, went back still working for my dad. But again, the flexibility he gave me was was huge. You know, I was, you know, we're, you know, taking calls on my lunch break. And, you know, some days if we had to travel and go see a buyer, like, you know, I would be able to, you know, take those days as well. So that helped and and I think stretched, you know, what I could give to the business as kind of a, a the, the second guy in while still keeping my full time job where we didn't do didn't have to pay me um as long as we could and then as as soon as like we got the shark tank it was like all right like you know ryan you need to come on board full time and my dad was completely understanding so um yeah sean sean quit in 2000 uh middle of 2013 and then i came on board um february 1st of 2016 uh full time so question for you I'm, I obviously, I, I read your guys' posts all the time on LinkedIn. You guys very much say that, you know, we're, you know, we're a, a one product focus and you had some experience with natural deodorant. Uh, you, you chronicled that, that it didn't work out as well and to focus on, you know, one product. So for me, obviously I have Joy Burst, I have No Sugar, I have Wellnex, I diversify, I have multiple products. So I really like to dig in, in terms of, you know, why that strategy has worked for you. Um, and then secondly to that, I might be just a weird Canadian on the call, but like, for some reason I call my wife every once in a while, dudette. And I'm like, why would yeah. there not be a dudette wipes? I mean, just, I mean, this is just a business idea, but like, <laughs> with, with, wouldn't there be two different ways that that paper is being used? So there's double the business opportunity with a female than a male. Uh, so like, where, where are you guys at with that? Yeah, no, a couple things. And that's the number one question we've gotten from day one is when are the dudette wipes coming out? When are chick wipes coming out or whatever? Um, so uh, the primary focus, number one on flushable wipes. Uh, yes, we we had some unsuccessful uh, attempts at other products. You know, we thought we could just, you know, slap dude on deodorant, slap dude on, you know, some other things. And those are just such crowded spaces. Um, the toilet paper industry is, and flushable wipes industry is, um, not as crowded. So we're we're kind of the cool kid on the block that came in and there's such huge opportunity for flushable wipes. There it's only 34% household penetration in the US right now whereas toilet paper is 100% and we think that that's going to double within the next, you know, 5 to 7 years. So, you know, this is really an educational process that we're we've undertaken since, you know, 2012 and slowly but surely now here we are a decade later. Um, and it's grown so much and it's going to continue to grow. So we just see nothing but huge upside for the flushable wipes industry and, and Americans really uh, coming coming around to this being a really better, you know, clean, uh, confidently clean, total clean, uh, you know, dude wipes get the crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Uh, and, and we're trying to enlighten them on that, that what we've been doing forever with dry toilet paper just is not the way to go. Uh, 
our new campaigns are all about wet cleans better than dry. You know, and people are starting to understand that and will continue to understand that. You know, if you if a bird pooped on your arm, you're not going to clean it off with a dry paper towel, right? You're going to wash it. Right. So right. why do we, why do we use dry on our butts? Like it just doesn't make sense. So, but the, but the females, the female segment is something you've literally, you guys have talked about. You've obviously been told about it. There's no, there's no secret there. You guys have just come and said there's just so much more upside that we can accomplish on our current dude positioning, and that it's just not on the table for the foreseeable future. It's not. There are two things to that. Um, our data shows that. 50% uh, usage between men and women is actually 50-50 with dude wipes. So women are buying for the household. And my theory is that women do not have egos like men. You know, their little boys are using it. Their husband's using it. It's there and it works. They don't care. They're going to use it. And they are using it. Whereas vice versa, pink package shows up in the house. Men aren't going to use that. So we, we're just staying on this course. We we could and maybe we will eventually do it. But right now we're just uh, laser focused on that. And, and and we think of dude, not necessarily how other people see it. You know, a lot, we get a lot of hate online about, oh, gendered product, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So stupid. Um, we think of the word dude as just a, a fun loving person that doesn't take themselves or life too seriously. It doesn't matter what gender you are. So um, we think dude talks to all walks of life and all genders. So you know, that's kind of the course we're continuing to uh, to forge. Hey, Ryan, and I, I, Brad, I'd love to get your perspective on this as well. I think what's interesting when someone's starting, our group is starting a company is that all you want to get are yeses, right? And then you have success and then you flip those yeses into now you have to be able to say no because you have such an influx of opportunity of people that want to partner with you because they see the success. Have you guys as a foursome, how have you transitioned from just going after the yes right to we got to be really discerning in what we're doing we did to brad's point you know and you've talked about this the deodorant and, and sort of just slapping dude on other products how have you guys educated yourselves and gotten better at saying no and i'm just curious brad if you've had similar experiences as well yeah so you know we for years we were just chasing after after retail doors and and we thought that was it you know, we, we get more doors we get another retailer like that's good but that's all well and good, but if you're not, if your sell through isn't there, then that that means nothing. Who cares if you can say we're in twenty thousand stores, but nothing selling? Um, so that was one of Mark's biggest advice tips to us too: is that you can drown in that opportunity. You can try and go after everything. You can try and do that, and and you can put it out there, but you can drown in trying to do that. But again, back to the sell through. That's what really matters. So focusing on your core you know, biggest retailers and the big four for us is Amazon, Walmart, Target, and Kroger. If those are going well and we're selling through there, then we're going to win. So um, so that's just on a retail front and, and on the laser focus, flushable wipe side. On branching out to too many products, we had that enlightenment with COVID. Um, the toilet paper shortage that everyone heard of, uh, we, we sold and our, our manufacturers stepped up to the plate to produce more for us. They produced like 30 to 40% more than our forecast at that time. So we had availability of inventory when other, um, uh, of our competitors did not. And toilet paper was off shelves. We were a lot of times the only product on shelves. We'd see pictures of just dude wipes and then like the rest of the toilet paper aisle is empty. So what that did was a bring, uh, new users, uh, you know, to the category and to the brand. We later saw 
uh, three out of four people that tried the category stayed with the category. So that lift has continued since 2020. And back to the line extensions, that's when we were like, hey, we just got to stay hyper-focused on flushable wipes. Like, you know, deodorant's too tough to compete with Old Spice and, you know, men's stuff care and, and, you know, degree and all that stuff. Like, let's stay in our lane here. We're, you know, becoming a big dog. We're the number two brand in the country now. Like, let's just stay laser-focused here and build up around, you know, products around the toilet and flushable wipes. And, and that's kind of how we, we tackled, you know, those, those scenarios. Yeah. I've had, you know, a, a, a similar, but obviously a different experience. I a hundred percent agree that really all that matters is your sell through on the retail. I mean, that's really what the buyer cares about. The buyer's boss cares about that's what it's going to make their bonuses and their advancement happen. So that is the key. And he hit it the nail on the head. I've obviously been doing this for 23 years in retail. We're in over, you know, 100,000 accounts, 75 different countries. What our staying power success has been innovation, right? <clears throat> so our retailers do look for us. Costco, Walmart, Kroger, everybody in between says, you know, if there's going to be innovation in the health and wellness space, Brad, through beverages or through food or through supplements, is going to come to the table with something. And that relationship of innovation has kept me in the buyers, in the retailers' hands for 23 years. That's just a different strategy. Obviously, with more innovation, there's more opportunities for it to all, not everyone to be successful, uh, which has happened, obviously. But us constantly being known as the innovation company has had a lot of staying power for us as well. So it's just uh, ultimately, it's just two different strategies, but his and theirs is you know, you can't argue with it. It's doing phenomenal. So it's an unbelievable story. Brian, no, what thank you. Internationally, like, talk about the, the, it's interesting because you go to other countries and I've been to other countries where they don't, they don't wipe, right? They have, they use water, right? And I've yep. experienced that in the Middle East. So do, is this, is this applicable to other countries outside the, the U.S. or North America? Yeah, totally. And actually they're, they're kind of ahead of the game. I think, you know, um, you know, in the UK, they've been using flushable wipes for a long time. Um, like you said, other countries use bidets. Um, we actually came out with a bidet attachment called the Dude Wiper 1000. Um, <laughs> so, so we we have one of those. That sounds like um, a Tim Allen from Home Improvement back in like exactly, the <laughs> yeah. So we had fun with the name on that one. Um, but um, there's such at like Americans are are slow moving on that on on a lot of fronts. Like everything starts in Europe and then like slowly like Americans get on board. So like, we're still trying to convince people to use flushable wipes. Right. So like bidet is like the next movement after that, which is, you know, probably years and years and years away. So um, that's kind of how we see that. But in terms of selling internationally, again, there's so much opportunity here in the U S that we wanted to tackle first. Um, we're not trying to get, you know, over our skis um, with any, anything uh, international just yet. So, one of the biggest challenges I have, obviously, the mandate of the no sugar companies, I'm trying to disrupt the food chain's reliance on refined sugar. And like you guys said, there's 100% household penetration with sugary items in North American household. That's 100% similar to your to your um, paper towels or, or toilet wipes. So that we have the same challenges. The challenge that I face is to provide a natural alternative that tastes the same, whether using allulose or erythritol, there's a cost differential because it's not made at mass. So refined sugars cost is X and natural sweeteners cost is Y, and therefore there's a price gap. So my question to you is, 
is that price gap that you have from having it being a um, you know, a wet wipe versus the standard dry wipe and that cost differential, is that one of your biggest obstacles to crack down on so that it's just mainstream everywhere because it's not a price differential? Or have you guys been able to crack that so far? Yeah, you know, we, we position ourselves as, as a premium brand because you're getting a premium experience and a better clean. We're also extra large. Our wipes are 49 square inches. So uh, you are using less material per wipe. Uh, in terms of toilet paper as well. Um, we are starting to dig into um, more granularly, like that cost per sheet type stuff. We have cost per sheet versus other flushable wipes, but you know, what is it versus toilet paper? So we're starting to look into that. Um, but we, we see it, like I said, is, uh, you know, you're using less material per usage because our wipes are extra large. And also, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're only, a, a you know, if you buy a single pack, it's, it's, you know, three to four bucks. Um, so, you know, people are so uh, terribly concerned about, um, um, price in, in our regard. So, so you're saying then your guy's biggest obstacle is not the, the price sensitivity like it is in my business. You're saying your biggest obstacle is just continuous education and awareness as the betterment of a wet white versus a dry. Is that, that's your guy's biggest obstacle? Exactly. Wow. And we're, we're coming out with uh, a, a new campaign with the ad agency uh, that we hired in, in January, Curiosity. They're great. They're out of uh, out of Cincinnati. Um, the whole premise of the campaign is is wet, wet beach dry. Um, and so uh, the the new self slogan is is dude wipes best clean pants down. So what <laughs> what what beach dry pants down. So. Um, the, the one spot is called drop your drawers and it's about these people in all different situations, confidently just dropping their drawers and showing off their clean white undies, um, because they're dude wipes users and there's nothing left behind with dude wipes and we're attacking toilet paper in all these spots. So really excited to get those out into, uh, out into the world to, uh, you know, continue our, our crusade of, of convincing people that, you know, wet beach dry and, and dude wipes are, are better than toilet paper. Now, Ryan, so that uh, hasn't, so, so that hasn't launched yet then you're saying? No, it launches Monday. Okay. So this is a breaking news. Brad talked about how his, you know, he's working on disrupting uh, disruption. Uh, I'm wondering Let's talk about sort of when I think about sort of men's health in general in the U.S., you know, we had some like in the shaving industry, right? Like I got pulled into Dollar Shave Club because I love their ads, right? Then you had Harry's and you sort of you've got these different brands that are not competitive with you. But I think that they're a part of sort of that that new world where men are paying attention to themselves in a way yep. that generations of past never did. So yep. how much of that monitoring is going on for you guys internally? Because I see that as, as incredibly supportive of what you're doing to, for me to laugh at an ad about a razor or shaving cream, or, I mean, now I'm seeing the same kind of thing around sort of like, uh, have you seen these like hairless creams and all this stuff, Brad, you know, it's just like, we are really paying attention <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, you're, you are, I guess, collectively disrupting the industry, but it does seem like in essence, you're all getting a little bit of lift from one another because you're probably getting the same customer, right? I would think someone who loves sort of, you know, thumbing uh, the, you know, traditional razor industry for a Harry's or dollar shave club are probably going to be people that are going to buy dude wipes. 
Yeah, totally. And and that's, you know, back in, it's been amazing to watch kind of the, the men's grooming industry evolve, you know, back in 2012, you know, it was, it was a lot more of a challenge, but it was just starting to uncover itself. And then yeah, Dollar Shave Club came around, um, you know, did their thing, you know, for a few years. I, I think they're, I think they're, they're definitely kind of dying and on, on the downslope because um, they don't really have a, they don't really have a brand. They, they, they brought convenience to the razor industry and to men. Um, and I think everybody tried to chase that with subscription. We, we went the opposite. We got on Amazon and then we just tried to get into brick and mortar. So we're omni-channel and they just don't have a brand that hits home. Like I said, it was just convenience. They like our brand, the dude brand, you know, people wear it as a badge of honor. They're, they're excited and, you know, talking about that they're dude wipes users. And I think that's a testament to kind of our marketing and messaging that, um, they, they have a vested interest in our brand and, and that really goes a long way. Um, but yeah, some of, some of the other, you know, uh, big brands out there that have come along. I think Harry's Harry's did a lot better job and is actually a brand. Um, and that's why I think they're beating up on Dollar Shave Club right now. Um, and then you have like Dr. Squatch in the, in the soap space. That's done a good job as well. Um, connecting with guys. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely a, a part of that. And um we're just disrupting our own little little category but you're right guys have their you know their little toolkit that they you know have at the house they have their you know the razor they prefer you know whatever skincare or hair care um and then you know we're uh we're the butt wipes guys for them <laughs> so we had a similar experience rod is that a back in 2020 uh 2000 we were playing in the weight loss space and all weight loss was unisex and we made an analysis that said 75% of the shopper at the time is female. Mm -hmm. Why would you have only unisex weight loss? Men and women lose weight differently. I'm sure probably there's some scientific evidence of how people clean themselves. But we came out with the first ever female weight loss product. And 20 years later, it's still the longest lasting weight loss product. And is designed, it's called SlimQuick, specifically for females. The hardest part that we had, and probably you know you guys had as well, is convincing a buyer uh, a retailer is like you just segmented 50 percent of my shopper away this is not going to work but in actuality there's so many case studies that show that if you focus on dudes or you focus on women or if you have an actual talking message that attributes all of the needs that they have for a specific product whether it's weight loss or or you know grooming or whatever else it actually works significantly better than just being general and so we had a very similar experience and, and we, as I said, we are the only female weight loss. We designed it in a box to make it look more luxurious. So people mm -hmm. didn't hide it. We went from like the soap boxes and that whole essence of L'Oreal and we turned it on its head and it just basically blew up for us. Uh, so, I mean, as I said, I, I applaud the fact that you take those chances, but I'm sure, you know, the biggest obstacle at the time when you're first launching out is like, this is never going to work because 50% is just taken off the table right off the just by your positioning. Yeah, totally. I, I I think we were uh we just stuck to our guns on if you try to be, you know, everything to everybody, you're gonna be nothing to nobody, you know. Yeah. So, you know, pick somewhere to go after like you guys with you know, that when you honed in on that, you know, female audience and made it, you know, specific and fit for them, it exploded. Exactly. And that's what we're doing with guys. Um, while we know females are purchasing and females are using as well. It's yeah. it's it's very tempting. It's been very tempting to to come out with dude out wipes, but we don't know if that would cannibalize, you know, what we have going with, with dude. So yep. um, we're just kind of, you know, staying the course. 
How's the friendship changed with between the four of you guys? You go from hanging out, having a really cool, fun idea where there are lots of jokes to this is serious business. People are leaving their jobs and to incredible success. Like, how has that changed you guys just as friends? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say the biggest change is, is just us like kind of growing up and now we're all married. We have families, like all that stuff. So that the dynamics of our personal lives have changed. But, you know, as far as our our interactions, we're still, you know, just as good friends as we were when we started. And, you know, everything's, uh, you know, fun and lighthearted. And obviously there's serious conversations and we'll, we'll you know, we have, um, you know, times when things get a little heated. But at the end of the day, we're... Uh, there's no egos in this room. And I think that's the the biggest factor is that no one cares who gets the credit. If the company wins, we all win. And not having egos and trying to micromanage or or do, you know, um, you know, wanting one of our names slapped on something that that went well or or whatever. Um, we don't do that type of stuff. And I think that's why we've been able to flourish is because uh, you know, we we've heard horror stories of, you know, different family businesses or, you know, other friends trying to start jobs or start companies together. And it's, uh, it's a nightmare because uh, I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to egos and those that do not make it, it's because egos flare up and then that causes fights. Um, and then, you know, things diminish from there, but we don't have that. And it's been, uh, it's been nothing but fantastic between, uh, between the three of us. So I'd love to ask you in terms of how social media and social media marketing has played a role in your success. I recently watched a podcast. I can't remember the name. Someone came up with a, a love chocolate and it was like, you know, chocolate and like, like love, what's the ingredients to say that? And it was just polarizing and he's gotten a ton of success in social media because people can't get past the intrigue of like love and chocolate put together, you know, dude wipes to me seems very much like I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to know more about this. So can you touch upon and from a social media perspective, whether it be influencers, whether it just be, you know, you talk about viral before how that's affected your business. It's been amazing for us. And it's a, it's, it's a low cost or cost-free way to just, you know, create insane brand awareness. So uh, we have an awesome influencer strategy um, that we've done over the years of, of getting, you know, those with bigger followings and, and kind of, uh, what I like to say, kind of step in, borrow, borrow their following for, you know, maybe 30, 60, 90 days and then get out. Um, and, uh, just being consistent with our own message messaging with memes and bathroom humor. Um, Greg, our social media guy is, uh, is just amazing. He's in the trenches every day on Twitter immersing our brand into conversations about bathroom humor um you know commenting on things the comic game is is actually underrated and huge you know um something game you know what's that the comment game within comic game so yeah like our our all of our handles are um verified so if we comment on something we're going to be like the top comment so like say barstool sports post something about like uh like poop humor or something, or this guy ate, you know, 48 burritos. Um, we'll comment, he's gonna need us. And and just leave it at that. And people people love that. So uh Greg wakes up every day, searches poop, searches Taco Bell, searches Chipotle, um, and we just like kind of troll them, like, gonna need us. We gotta be there, you know, where do we send the wipes? Those sort of comments, like and consistently, and people just love it. So um that's that's been our strategy as well of just 
immersing ourselves into pop culture and, and different conversations on on Twitter, on Reddit, um, TikTok, you know, you name it. So um, you know what I love about I Ryan, say to you, people, and, I, I you and Brad is that you guys just you like take the rule book and you threw it out. <laughs> Like, I don't care what they talked about in marketing and, and call it whatever it was like, we're just going to throw it out. Is that kind of, you kind of have to have that attitude to take a side hustle to the main stage and then learn how to sort of evolve that over time as you mature as a company. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I was, especially when we were at that incubator in 2013 is like all these people who were very successful and, and I respect that, but there there's this like, um, stereotype of like how things are supposed to go and like you know you're going to grow to this and then you're going to need to raise this money and then this is going to happen that's going to happen it's like screw that why does that have to be like that you know we weren't the people we, we we've gone the road less traveled you know the only money we've raised is through mark and we've built up lines of credit with our manufacturer and our banks and we are in no need of money and and it, it took a little bit while longer but you know we're not beholden to you know, private equity firms and stuff who want to micromanage us. So, you know, we've always been, uh, we've always kind of cowboyed it, if you will, um, you know, from social media to how we think about, you know, uh, you know, raising money and, and all that sort of stuff. So you're totally right. We, we threw the rule book out, we've gone the road that's traveled and, and just done it our way. And, uh, and it's worked out. I think too many people are, are too quick to, you know, go to the status quo of how things are supposed to go or try to raise a ton of money before they even get out there and start selling stuff. Um, which is, you know, something we totally disagree with. A lot of things, I mean, it comes, right, it comes out of necessity, right? Like when you yeah. start out, you have no money. So you're going to have to be loud, brash, <laughs> and throw the rule book out because you have no choices. So <laughs> exactly, we, we, yeah. we, we we did as many entrepreneurial things, marketing, and if they failed, what was really the failure? We were at round zero anyways. So there's nothing yep. but upside. So I'm sure these guys obviously did the same way. I freaking love your guys' story. I mean, you guys talked about 30 grand. I had 30 grand. We turned it into billions and billions of sales. Our past seemed very similar. You know, we, my brother and I were partners. We worked extremely hard like you guys did. We got into the retails that you guys did. But it's really that, you know, if you're going to take the status quo, you're going to end up in the status quo. And exactly. that's not going to be, and that's not going to be a good spot for you. So <laughs> sure. uh, that, that's awesome story. Well, we really appreciate it, Ryan. I want to make sure people can follow you if they don't already know. Where should they go? What's the best way for them to either go and buy Dude Wipes um, and also uh, follow you guys? Because it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah, we're having a blast. Uh, Amazon, Target, Kroger, Walmart, nationwide. And uh, you can follow us at Dude Wipes on any platform on social media. Well, I love it. I'm I'm going to bring this up. Here's my 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 promise to you, Ryan and to Brad. I'll be moderating an event at a high school here in the fall about entrepreneurism, and uh, I'm going to bring this up because I think it's really important for young people to know that it's okay to throw the rule book out because that's kind of the reality. And two fantastic examples. Check out uh, Ryan and Dude Wipes. We also want to you know thank uh, Brad Woodgate, obviously my co-host here. This episode of the B Rad Side Hustle Podcast has been brought to you by the No Sugar Company, first company to offer naturally sweet no sugar products that taste great. From meta protein bars to delicious caramel shells, you'll never find additives or fillers in No Sugar Company products. Only high quality and responsibly sourced ingredients. Try any of their No Sugar products at thenosugarcompany.com. Plus, you'll get ten percent off when you use code side hustle that side hustle to get 10 percent off at the no sugar company.com looking forward to those new ads for dude wipes uh pants down the best ones out there <laughs> uh, we're your host brad woodgate and dr rod berger <laughs>